What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Today is another interesting episode and the third part in what we never intended to be a trilogy but ended up being a trilogy uh, on the topic of how Christianity and LGBTQ issues can fit together. We've had people from truelove.is, we've had Sean Fu from Dear Straight People, and today we have Pastor Myak Siu from Free Community Church, who is the senior pastor and who is gay himself. So it's going to be a very interesting discussion, uh, and welcome to the podcast, Myak. Um, thank you, Harish, and thank you, Terence, for inviting me to be on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I we have never met before. I reached out to you over WhatsApp uh, because I got your contact from a friend, and and you did listen to the two podcasts from uh, that we did with True Love is and, and Sean. Sean yeah. Yeah. So maybe before we dive into that, maybe you can give a bit of uh, background uh, for yourself because uh, I know you're the senior pastor of Free Community Church. I know Free Community Church has a very interesting stance, but maybe just for our listeners and for us as well, maybe just a bit of background into uh, how how that came to be in your background, how you became a pastor and, and what, just for us to understand where you're coming from. I think um, part of the, I think it's quite a long story, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll cut it to the interesting bits. Yeah. Um, um, I've been exposed to Christianity since um, like kindergarten and all that and didn't really go to church because my family is not, um, um, it's not religious. Well, kind of practicing um, Chinese religion, religions like Taoism and all that, but um, um, n- not the. It's more cultural mm-hmm. than religious. Mm-hmm. Um, both my parents identify as no religion uh, now, currently. Um, when I when I was in my teens, you know, um, read up a lot more, more about Christianity, um, believed. Um, but didn't really go to church. Uh, I think because deep down inside, um, I knew that I was gay, and I, and, and that really, uh, you know, there's a fear that you get rejected, mm-hmm. or not just there's fear. There's a there's a there's a kind of knowing that you know um, God doesn't love you because you are gay. Mm. And I thought it was a phase, very much like Sean, right? Um, thinking, reading up, you know, you go and read. Uh, um, some encyclopedias and it describes homosexuality might be a phase. Mm. I don't think it says might be a phase. Could be, uh, I think it says it can be a phase that pe- um, people go through. Mm. Uh, it's, but when I finally like uh, went to university and all that, you know, you realize this is who I am. That's not going to change. And um, that was the beginning of the internet as well. And then got con- connected with um, other gay men. Um, because in the past, what I knew about uh, gay men were that they were effeminate, they were the aquas and all that. And I didn't identify with that. Mm. That's that's not me. I, I I don't behave that way. I don't look that way. And I didn't know. So um, the first time I stepped into a gay club, and I remember it very distinctively, um, that I looked around and I saw men who were like myself. Mm. I could see, you know, at that age, uh, this is me in 10 years. And it was, and people keep thinking gay club is like, you know, people on high on drugs and jumping around and all that. Uh, <laughs> that may be the circuit parties today. I'm not sure. But back then it was, it was quite different, mm. right? There, um, there are people at tables drinking and then there's a dance floor and all that. But it's just like any other bar, um, uh, any other club, right? So that was the, 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 the thing moment that, oh, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I, for the first time I could see people like myself, um, my tribe in a way. And so that, um, but all the while I'm like, mm, no, no, not interested. 
to go back to church because that's, that, that's this part of me, right? Uh, even while all the time thinking that maybe this will change, you know, in my teens, like, you know, will this go away? God, will, it, will you take this away? You will make me normal kind of thing. Um, it's later on that um, I got connected with uh, the folks from Safe Haven, which is the predecessor of Free Community Church. Mm. They were formed in 1998 um, by eight gay men uh, uh, who came together to do Bible study and all that. Mm. Um, and later on, they, they became more, um, uh, um, they created more groups right? mm. because they thought that there's a greater need, not just for eight of them. And so, um, I mean, in, I think between 1998 and 2001, they grew from eight people to maybe close to about 70, 80 people. Mm. When I joined, there were about 80 people. We meet on a, on a weekday um, evening and we gather and then we sing two worship songs and then break up into small groups for Bible study. Mm. Um, a lot of us found this a very safe space. It's like cell group, mm. but we can be honest and true and we don't have to change the gender of the person we are dating. We don't have to lie. Mm. We can really express our struggles because some struggles are rather unique to LGBTQ people. Yeah, But back then it was majority gay men and uh, I think one or two groups of, of lesbian women. Mm, mm. Um, so that was the beginning. Uh, and it was in 2003, sort of a history story, yeah? 2003 mm. when one of our members was kicked out of um, the mega church he was attending. And um, he was told, because he was told that to change. And he says that, you know, I do not believe that I'm sinful. I do not believe that I, you know, being gay is a sin. And you, um, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't feel that I have, I need to repent. Mm -hmm. And one of the pastors there uh, just told him that, oh, then you, I excommunicate you out from the church. Um, we withhold um, you, uh, the protection of the church um, from you and, and all that. And um, you, no real Christian will 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 say that they are, you know that gay is okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's um, that's the thing. And so we thought that um, well, this is the beginning because more more and more of us will will reach a point where we are we have embraced ourselves, where we consult our faith and our sexuality, mm. and we don't want to lie anymore. Mm. And more and more of us will get kicked out of church. So in 2003, we, we registered a charity um, and we decided to become a church. Um, but we, when we became a church, we did not want it to be an LGBTQ church. Oh, okay. Because that would be creating a ghetto. Wait, sorry, when you say start a charity and then became a church? Because churches that... are registered as charities. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, so we were like, uh, um, we didn't want to be a uh, ghetto just for people like us. And church is not supposed to be that, mm -hmm. right? Um, church is supposed to be a place for all people, a safe space for healing, for growth, um, for you know, journeying together mm -hmm. um, in our lives. And so um, from the very get-go, we, we started um, and having the direction to be a, a, a church, mm. you know, um, just the majority of us are LGBT. Uh, and also that same year, we got to know the late um, Reverend Yap Kim Hao. Mm. Um, he was the uh, we, he was uh, a retired uh, bishop from the Methodist Church in Singapore. Okay, um, he's a big name. He was the first Asian bishop. Mm. Um, he was bishop in um, during the 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 he was bishop in I think nineteen fifty seven, if I'm not wrong. Mm. He was thirty eight. My memory. Um, so Bishop 
just for my understanding, is the leader of uh, a particular church or... Uh, yes. Okay, leader of a particular church. So, the he was the bishop of the Methodist Church in Malaya. When, okay. way, back in the day when Singapore wasn't independent yet. Yeah, so, correct, it was pre-1965. And um, he was also the uh, the sec- secretary general for the Christian Council of Asia mm. uh, back in the eighties, I think it is uh, around the period of the Marxist conspiracy as well. Mm. Um, he was a champion for social justice, and during and that time that year, I'm not sure if you remember, um, the then Prime Minister Go Chok Tong wrote um, said something about. Um, gays are okay in the government mm, yeah. because a lot of times, uh, you know, being gay could be used to blackmail you, lah. So yeah. when he came out and say that, that's that's to prevent people from being getting blackmailed. So to yeah. clarify, what year was that? Two thousand and three. Two thousand three. Yeah. So there was a huge backlash, mm. right? Oh, no, 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 no. And people wrote to the press, and one guy wrote to the press and said, "I'm heterosexual and I have four kids, and I don't think gay is okay." Mm. So Reverend Yap wrote to the press and said. I am heterosexual and I have four kids and 16 grandchildren. I think gay is okay. Mm. And he wrote, uh, the, his letter was pretty long. Uh, he signed off as um, Bishop Yap Kim Hao um, from the Methodist Church. And we went like, are you kidding me? Mm. Um, and we... we is, it, you're saying, is it because he's seen as establishment in terms yes, of the Christian Yes, establishment. And who is this guy who's speaking out for us, mm. usually when we get religious leaders, especially Christian religious leaders coming out and to say something about LGBTQ, it's always negative. And he's like the an OG Christian leader. La. Yeah. Right. So so you go, whoa. <laughs> so we actually mm. went to seek him out, right? We mm. connected with him. I actually went down to listen to him preach in Kampong Kapo Methodist Church and he blew me away. Mm-hmm. He was very forward thinking. He was very ecumenical. He was very uh, interfaith as well. Mm. And he said things that I don't normally hear. I agree with, and I don't normally hear from the pulpit. Like we Christians don't have monopoly of the truth, mm. right? That, that's the mm. that, that's what he said in the sermon. And we need to we need to learn from each other and learn from people other faiths. Mm. Um, learning from other people of other faiths is not converting to their faith but there's value to learn from each other right yeah and that will build a better humanity so I really uh, appreciated that and then we arranged a meeting for dinner and it was like the inquisition uh, but it was re- reverse yeah. uh, <laughs> right it was the it was all of us in, you know, ask, you know trying to figure out whether he is the real thing or he was just faking it yeah, and, yeah. And, and getting you know get a hook into yeah. us and then later on like, you must change yeah. you can change and become straight <laughs> but no he was um, I really recall that dinner and he was very very um uh, open and he was very uh, candid with us. And how mm. old was he around that time? Do you know? Around how old? Se- in his 70s. 70s then. And he was yeah. still the leader of the... No, he, no. he, he retired already. Okay, he retired. He retired. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he was a bishop way back, right? But he's he was he was definitely... Re- and he still is a very respected person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from then on, um, we asked him to be our pastoral advisor. Mm-hmm. And um, and he agreed, and he became um, our um, advisor, um, and very much um, him and Mrs. Yap were like our grandpa and grandma in church, mm-hmm. right? Supporting um, um, us. And that was um, when you say us is the church that you guys started. Like? Yeah, Free Community Church. Free community. Okay, okay. And so even um, his daughter Susan uh, became our chairperson a couple of years later, as of the church. 
Um, and so we, so it was a, uh, the, the family really was part of our community, right? Um, his grandson played drums for our worship team and all that. And so this is the kind of, um, um, this was our journey. La. And in recent years, we have more straight people um, coming to FCC because uh, we are the only progressive church. And a lot mm. of them get turned off by what the church says about LGBTQ people. Mm. And, they, they, and they sought us out. And they found that, oh, there are other straight people in this church too. This is not a really, you know, exclusively LGBTQ church. Okay. And um, they resonated with um, our uh, our theology or the way and the way we are doing things. And we are more open. We are more questioning. Okay. Mm. I think that um, the problem with religion, and I think one of you said you have a problem with organized religion, right? Mm-hmm. Organized religion try to always say that we have the answers. Mm. The reality is that true spirituality is that we don't have the answers. Mm. We're mm. seeking the answers. We are continuously on the journey of seeking. Mm. Yep. That is that I think is faith. Because you cannot know for absolute certainty a lot of things in life. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen next, yeah. right? Um, yeah. COVID-19 surprised all of us. Yeah. And that and and we, who predicted it? You know, uh, tell me someone who predicted it. We, we there's no certainty, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe we have zero cases, yeah. or tomorrow suddenly we have one. Uh, you know, uh, uh, cross a hundred cases again, and then yeah. we have to shut down and all that. Mm. No one can predict that. This yeah. year, all the religions couldn't celebrate. We mm. couldn't have. We couldn't have the girl ties for hungry ghost month this month, right? Mm. We couldn't have uh, Qingming. We couldn't have um, the uh, uh, the the Hajj. Yeah. Yeah. We mm. couldn't have um, Easter. Mm. All the key. Um, festivals or, or, or um, for all of us. Deepavali still got hope. Deepavali, yeah. Christmas, Christmas. But just a question, because you said earlier um, that they turned away from the church because of things they said about LGBT. Well, can you just define, because I mean, some of our audience, you know, non-Christian, when you say the church, what are you referring to? An institution or a body or just I in would general? say the church as a, uh, as a, as the, Christianity in general in Singapore. Mm, in right? Singapore, okay. Um, and uh, that may not apply all over the world. And now and more and more, there are progressive churches and there are churches who change their stance, mm. right? And some churches change their stance and then they end up splitting and all that. Mm. And churches have now ordained uh, LGBTQ um, folks as, you know, and installed as bishop and all that uh, mm. all over the world. It's not a new thing anymore. Um, and so things have changed along the way. Mm. Um, but Church in general, a lot of us who have gone to church before or even heard people say, they keep repeating certain things like homosexuality is a sin. Mm. The Bible says homosexuality is a sin, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And um, and that's, um, and um, the word abomination gets thrown out often. You are an abomination. Um, and very hurtful words. Mm. I, I wouldn't say just they are just words. They are saying that you are actually unworthy Mm. You're actually less than human. Mm. Um, and even worse, right? Um, there are people who say we're agents of Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and that's, that's, the, that's the problem when we dehumanize another human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that, that is um, violating um, the sacredness of each human being. Mm. We believe that every human being is created in the image of God. When you dehumanize another human being, you are, you are desecrating the image. Mm. So then, if if that's the case, because the one thing that okay we uh, heard during the True Love mm-hmm. podcast is that home, acting on your same sex attraction is a sin, right? And it mm. almost felt like it is a very 
quantifiable thing. And I admittedly have not read the Bible. Mm. Um, but I I hear different interpretations or and some feel very black and white, like it's there. But some, like what you say, you know, it's more the philosophy of it. So what has what has caused that sort of disconnect? I think that we need to look at um history mm. and how the Bible has been read. Yeah, over a long period of time, it is only and and we need to know uh, history as human is <laughs> human history as well. Um, it's only in recent times that mm-hmm. we have literacy rates of this kind of high literacy literacy rates. Mm-hmm. Back in biblical times, maybe less than ten percent of people could read. Mm-hmm. Biblical times, as in the, the during the time of Jesus, lah. Yeah, uh, around that time. And even up to maybe 200 years ago, literacy rates aren't that high. People cannot access the Bible themselves. They have been taught the Bible. It's the priests, it's the clergy who read the text to them. Mm. Today, you can read it for yourself, yeah. right? And this, is a, this changes things a lot. Um, clergy are trained. You know, we go through um, training to read and understand and interpret. But today it's a mess. Everyone has access to it. So, yeah. so it's like um, everybody sort of becomes experts, right? Mm. And we also need to understand how Bible is translated. The original language of the Bible isn't English. Mm. People, don't, people often forget that. Yeah. And there are many interpretations on the, or, um, or in the, uh, translations of the Bible and some of them are better and some of them are good in this one area but then another part of the text didn't really do a good job. Yep all that and we need to know that the word homosexual wasn't introduced until in recent years in this you know in in, in 1947 i'm not wrong right because the word homosexual didn't exist the idea and the concept didn't exist until maybe about 200 years ago uh, when it was invented by a german psychologist or something Mm. right and we need to understand the idea of sex gender sexuality has changed over time Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, in the past, it wasn't about male and female um, genders. It's about who is the penetrated and who's the penetrator. Mm. Right. It's the the penetrator as long as the power with the power. Mm. Um, that's why if you look at um, Roman culture, you know the 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 one doing the penetrating is the the powerful Roman citizen who's male. Yep. Right, and everyone else is, uh, you know, is open target, right? And we need to understand also the context of um, of sexual acts, mm. and a lot of times people don't. Um, we often say that, oh, um, you know, uh, gay men are sodomites, or, you know, sodomy. Mm. And you lick it straight away with anal sex, mm. um, and that's a wrong. That, that's a very modern thing. Um, what do you think is sodomy? Uh, anal penetration. Anal yeah. penetration. Anal, yeah. Anal sex. So when you talk about sodomy laws and Section three seven seven that has been uh, struck down in Singapore, yeah, yeah. Uh, it applies to unnatural sex. Mm. Mm. So anything including oral and all that as well. Huh? So if you look at the, uh, I think a ruling by one of the judges, right? It was quite funny because he said that if it's oral sex that lead to penetrative sex, then it's not. Oh yeah, then it's not not. Remember, not remember yeah, that, yeah. That, that that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, so so we must think <laughs> about the, the 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 concept. Unnatural sex 
has very different definitions over time, mm. right? And that's a, there's a reason why, and maybe you should put a label, you know, the PG, P, R, R, PG uh, or, or R18 label on your podcast. I'm going to go into, you know, yeah. very specific things and I'm not shying away from difficult topics and talking about sex mm. because um, there's a reason why the missionary position is called the missionary position. <laughs> Which is what? It's a position that is recommended. <laughs> That is, that is the correct position. Yeah, yeah. Doggy style is not, and, and your cowgirl or whatever, whatever your Kama Sutra, different positions, all cannot accept for missionary position. Uh. That's why it's labeled. That's why it's called missionary. <laughs> People don't realize, right? They so only it, know it's called the missionary so position. So it's recommended, you mean like by, by- It's recommended by all the- um, the people, the missionaries who went all over the world, right? Yeah, right. Trying to teach people and civilize them and spread the gospel. I think oftentimes it is to to um, to colonize people. Mm. Uh, but what they have done is that they have labeled certain sexual practices as wrong yeah. or deviant or whatever, and they only permit a certain kind. So they are teaching them this is the only way you should do it, missionary. Uh -huh. No, I thought it was because they want you to. <laughs> look into the eyes of the person that you're having sex with. So to establish like real connection between two I, people. I don't- layer well, of marketing. Because, because bonobos as the, are the only other species that have uh, mm. missionary sex. Like uh. no other animal species has missionary sex, except humans and bonobos. So then there's a lot of science that goes into understanding why they do that. But also a lot of species don't have the bifocal eyes or they have eyes on the side of their head. So there's no way they can even look at monkey, each other. When they're almost, almost like monkey <laughs> at that. They look- Primates they look are primates. Other. Like dolphins can't have face-to-face -face sex. <laughs> That's true. But okay, so, so you're saying missionary was so something uh, coined because it coined, was yeah. meant to civilize oh, people. And yeah. it was recommended. Okay, I see, okay. I see. Well, that's I, I recommend it would be a very light term. I think yeah. that's what's prescribed, right? Yeah. Sorry, you said 377, not 377A, but 377 yes. about unnatural sex. Like, yes. That's what you say. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 377A was the one that's um, pertaining only to um, men. Oh, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Okay. So that's the that's the long and short of it. Mm, so, yeah. so that means, am I right to say that when I asked just now to disconnect, basically what you're saying is that once human interpretation comes in of a text, it can go many ways. The, the thing is that it's only a modern phenomenon where people say the Bible is inerrant and fallible. Mm. Even the early church fathers um, read the Bible as metaphorical, mm. allegorical, and different ways of reading it. They, they understood what they are, it is. And when you say the Bible, oh, well, which, which books are you talking about, right? Mm. Um, and some of the books were written as letters to a certain church from Paul. And some of it today, uh, majority of scholarship will say that this, this is pseudo-Pauline because um, Paul didn't really write the letter. This probably dates later. It's mm. a, Because people in those days will write with the, someone else's name. Right, it's a very common practice. Mm. Um, it is using someone's name and credibility and you sign off as that. It's not, you're not the author or writing in the style of this person. Right, um, and so there are a lot of letters that are not that um, many many scholars, biblical scholars, feel that that's not authentic. There was form. a ghostwriter. There's a ghostwriter. Ghost and there's also multiple edits, and 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 you know, there's no no one can say that there's a true source because there are edits and there's um, there's um, uh, a lot of parts that you wonder if someone 
copied something wrongly. There was no track changes on the Bible. There's no track changes, <laughs> and um, yeah, that, that's the uh, and the there was no the printing press wasn't re- invented yeah, then. Yeah. It was always handwritten copies, and yeah. scribes will copy and copy and copy and copy, and just one person miscopy something. Uh, that's it. And there's also edits. People edit out stuff mm. that they don't like and, and add in stuff that they like or they want to say. But yeah. actually, just, just because you're building on that, where you say that there's no like one authority to you know oversee everything. Uh, I mean, in Singapore itself, from what I understand, between churches, there are differences in thinking about things. Like, yes. But there is are. there like a national council? There's a national council of, and, and do of they churches have, in Singapore. Do they have an overall ruling? On they don't have things? an overall ruling. It is, uh, I think each church uh, is uh, is given the, the the leeway to interpret and to to follow. Uh, because we have the Baptist, with the Methodist, with the Presbyterian. Each of each tradition comes from a different, they, each of them are a different sect. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and some people will say that baptism you need have to have total immersion, meaning that either you go to the sea or swimming pool or even uh, have a bathtub in church where you 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 yeah. you baptize, right? Yeah. Some of us think that you know, well, you can do that, but you just need water. I just okay. sprinkle and they'll be fine. Mm. And so th- there are different things that we believe we hold um, mm. and we believe according to our tradition. Oh. Right, some of them will insist that we only read the King James version of the Bible, mm. and then not the other versions, and mm. lots of other different stuff. But, the, but they are you? still in relation to one another because they they the core tenets are are the same lah. Okay, of course, um, FCC is not part of NCCS. We have not applied mm. to. Oh, to that oh okay. we have not applied. Oh, it's not a necessity. To it's be. not a necessity. Oh, okay. So, um, but I I think that they have been very gracious during the COVID nineteen. They have extended invitation to us to join. Like um, when MCTY did announcements uh, for religious organizations and and um, whole Zoom meetings, they mm. extended invitation to us. I okay. think that that's a very gracious on um, their part. So, but of course, uh, I, I also understand that we if we try to apply, we might create trouble for them lah. Because some people will say that no, we don't want. They are not. They are a cult. Uh, we are okay. not. But so I think that there's a that there is there will be pushback from other people as well. Mm. So there's no one authority that's ruling this. So okay. so uh. in two thousand and three when you <clears throat> when you started FCC mm. right, um you did say that you didn't want it to be an LGBTQ focused church. Mm. So then what was it very clear that you were going to be a church that accepts LGBTQ? Yes, of course. So then mm. what was the process of because like what um you were saying okay there's no one authority that mm. oversees but I'm guessing when you're starting a church. Not everyone can start a church. There must be something or anyone can start a start a church. I think anyone can start a church. So mm. that means when you were starting it, you didn't run into any conflict back then or pushback? Well, you need to be re- to register as a charity. Yeah. Um, you need to you need to um put up uh you need to have Oh yeah, so all it's the a, documents it's a standard and all the process for a charity, like, but nothing yeah. to do about uh, becoming uh, so how well what you are I think what you're asking is how do you get legitimized yes yes right? correct um, we are not legitimized oh so how how what, okay what is what does a legitimized church do that you guys haven't done I don't think that there is any authority out there that says that we issue you a, a legit a certificate cert or something <laughs> okay. right? yeah I think that the test of the pudding is in the tasting Mm. Right. Um, and so when people come, if we are fake church, you get it. And then mm. you will you go like, you know, you, we are not gonna survive 17 years. Mm. 
Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. If yeah. I'm uh, I'm putting a show so that just to and this I've been accused of or we have been accused of just to promote the gay agenda, then we we won't be around mm. for 17 years. Mm. You know, we will just be able to brush through or or just for the sake of um achieving an objective to pro to, to maybe get ping dot running or mm. to um to get 377 repealed or something then we'll set up you know yeah. then after that you know we'll just wrap up and go mm. right but we're not we've been around okay. and the interesting thing is that when you listen to some of our sermons oh, it can be preached the gay issue doesn't pop up every now every, every sermon mm. it might appear it might come up because it's incidental to who i am Mm. incidental to who Pauline is okay. incidental to who we are as a community mm. but not every sermon is about being gay okay. not so, yeah so actually when you mentioned Ping Dot mm. like what is the your relation or your support I think we Ping know Dot. the folks from Ping Dot right mm, okay. we, we mm. know a lot of we are I mean it's a small community mm. and we have always been considered like part of the community at large so yeah. whenever there's like you know statements that people release and we are asked you know hey do you want to sign this and all that and um, Oh, but however, um, uh, when Ping Dot's organized, when it was organized at Hong Lim Park, there's a there's a restriction that you cannot talk about religion and race. Mm. So we couldn't have a booth at Ping Dot. I see. But we are present at Ping Dot every time. We will organize a picnic. We will bring ground sheets there and 30 of us, you know, because some of us are not out. You know, about 30, 40 of us will, will just be there, you know, in the, um, and wearing our Pink Dot t-shirts, which, uh, which says, you know, we stand with Pink Dot, we stand with love, and then we have the FCC logo at our back. I see. Right. Okay. And also, so people know who we are, but we are not going to be going around. We, we don't have a booth to say that this, we are Christians and we are LGBT friendly and, and mm. we are, I wouldn't even say LGBT friendly. We are LGBT embracing. Mm. Because sometimes when the word friendly is, some of the words that are out there now is um, hijacked mm. Mm. because when people say, you know, like when True Lovey says they're welcoming, I really ask the question, what do you mean by welcoming? Mm. Because that's the word that we use. You know, we're welcoming and affirming. Mm. Actually, meaning, that's a, yeah. meaning that, you know, it's very specific. Uh, when I, we use the word affirming, it's very yeah. specific. Yeah. It's regardless of your gender identity or sexual orientation, you are allowed to come to this church, but not only that, you are allowed to serve. You are allowed mm. to be, um, to try to go for leadership positions. Of course, of yeah. course, um, there are the, you are basically your sexual orientation, gender identity does not preclude you from leadership positions mm. or volunteering or serving in church. Okay, but for a lot of churches, a lot of our people who have experienced, they volunteered in the past in the children's ministry and all that. When they came, when they got discovered, or you know, when they were confronted, are you a lesbian? Are you gay? And then when they when they say they are, then they say, oh, I'm sorry, you have to step down from this ministry. Mm. Yeah, the chairperson of FCC, Gary Chan, was asked to step down from the worship ministry he was serving in mm. because um, he came out as gay. I see, I see. So 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 when you do that. That's not welcoming. Mm. Welcoming, I to me, welcoming means that you're not treated as a second-class citizen. Mm. You're treated as an equal. Mm. It's just like our Malay siblings in Singapore, the citizens who, um, the male citizens who serve in NS, mm. they're mm. not treated equally. Mm. Don't give me the BS that they're, they're welcome. Mm. Yeah. They should be able to serve in any position because they're Singaporeans. Yeah. So that's actually a great segue into mm. the stuff that we also mm. wanted to talk about. Because now you have given us the context, we 
very understand very clearly your background. Mm. So you've listened to the podcast with mm. True Love Is and Sean Fu, yep. right? So what is the first thing that that you would want to kind of share your thoughts on? I would I would say that um, um, like what we said earlier, right? Yeah. Different Christians have different ways of interpreting mm. and understanding the faith. Not just interpreting the Bible, but practicing the faith. Yeah. Some people believe that to be Christian, you need to evangelize. Mm. You you must evangelize, or you must do this, or you must say grace before before eating food. There are certain things that people that that, that people have in their minds, right? Mm. How to be Christian, mm. and and they live that out. Um, and we need to be we need to pass it off. If there are a thousand Christians in the room, there are a thousand Christianities, because not all of us believe the same things. Yep. I think that's very important. I think that applies to every faith, mm. right? Not everyone's going to agree on the issue of divorce mm. in the Christian church. There'll be people who say that, you know, um, divorcees cannot remarry because Jesus said so, mm. right? But there are people who say that, well, Jesus is talking about in that time in a very different cultural context. You know, women had no power. Women were chattel. When you are divorced, you are actually destitute. Mm. Unless you are able to go back to your 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 birth family, you know your mom and your your mother and father or your your larger family, otherwise you are destitute, mm. you're condemned, and so you know could, and this is it is it's open for discussion and people's perspective, right? Um, and um, Christians have different stance, but what has happened is that uh, the cultural wars from the US has been imported exported out and imported all over the world, right? So issues like homosexuality, abortion, um, divorce, and all these things start to become um, litmus tests for who is Christian. Mm. Okay. But to me, that's, that's hogwash. That's rubbish. What defines me as Christian is that I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Mm. That is the, the, the thing, right? So... so, so it, so then we move on to the second level, which is about the Bible. Because they said, um, I think I heard Tochen say many, many times, the Bible is the guide for my life. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Something along that line. Mm. Uh, that, the Bible is the guide for my life too. But mm. how I see it as a guide is very different. Mm. Right? I do not read the Bible literally. I read it, you know, I read it very carefully. Mm. I, I, I treat it, I take it very seriously. But I also think that there are things in the Bible that I do not agree with, mm. right? The call for genocide in the Bible is something I do not agree with and I don't think it's in the character of God. Mm. I think that it is people writing it to justify their, their political actions or their wars and all that. Yeah. I do not think that war is ever justifiable. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you square, you know, if you have a top 10 list, the top 10 list will be the 10 commandments, right? Yeah, yeah. Thou shall not kill. How do you square this thou shall not kill with um, wars? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then what is it that, um, like, Tochen, for example, mm -hmm. is referring to in the Bible that if taken literally means that same-sex... Uh, I think that um, one, one, one of... Well, we always talk about the clobber passages in the Bible and there are mm. six of them, you know, in the, in the whole... Clob clobber. Clobber passages. Clobber. These passages are the ones that are purported to talk about homosexuality. Oh, okay. So okay. they're labeled clobber passages. Clobber passages because they're used to bash us. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought it was someone called clobber or something. I thought his name was clobber. <laughs> so... Oh, shit. 
two of them are from Leviticus and that says that thou shalt not lay with a man as with a woman. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, taken at, con at face value, it says that you don't sleep with another man. Lah. And it's mm. telling a man not to sleep with another man. Lah. Yeah. But we don't understand the context of that law. And this is also the bunch of laws that tell us that we cannot get tattoos. Mm. That we cannot um we cannot touch pigs. Mm. No, we eat pork, right? Yeah. I mean I eat pork, kind of Christian, right? And I love my bacon and I love my pakwa. Um and so a lot of these laws are no longer what we hold as Christians. Of yeah. course, some people will say that there's a uh, some some of the laws are moral and some of the laws are cultural. Mm. But I think that when you look at it, they the 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 Israelites then did not see the difference between a moral law and a cultural law or social law. Mm. It's all the same for them. It's a violation. Um, and I think what I hold is what Jesus thought. You know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the under the 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 spirit of the law. Mm. So if it's loving. And this is not the airy fairy kind of love, right? Um, if it's loving, then you know I, that will be the measure I will, I will, I will, um, or the criteria I'll go by, mm. you know, or my ethos in some way. Mm. So when 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 they they say that oh thou shalt not lay with man with another man, that's that's the um, along with the other laws. Whatever I I read through, the question is what is what is it, mm. right? And I think one of the things that we need to be aware about is um, same-sex acts between men at that time were often not consensual and often because it is to, to humiliate the other man. Mm. Oh, I see. I mean, growing up um, in army and, and or even in school, right? You know, there's these jokes with guys and they go, I'll poke your backside. Ah. Mm. Right? You hear mm. that often. Mm. And nowadays, you know, I don't, I, maybe I, I'm already, I don't hear this kind of jokes and this kind of um, uh, male chauvinistic thing, right? Mm. Um, but this actually comes from this, I, I think, in my opinion, is toxic masculinity, mm. right? Mm. And back then, you know, if to to you to gain honor and to become more male and more powerful, you humiliate the other male. And when you say back then, that means in like in the biblical two, times. The biblical. So the other passage uh, that often that the word sodomy comes from Sodom and Gomorrah, got yeah. Yeah. fire and brimstone, and everyone died, right? Yeah. Um, we need to look at that story very carefully because um, it is not about same sex. You know, they they were not mm. gay. They were a mob. They were a lynch mob. Mm. They were a lynch mob who wanted to exact violence and humiliation on strangers, foreigners. Oh, it's about xenophobia. It's about lack of hospitality. It's about racism. It's, it's, it's there. It's, it. So when Lot invited the angels to stay with him, the reason why the the we need to understand the culture, there were no hotels then. Uh. Mm. So when you travel from town to town, and you have to stay the night, you need to be sheltered from the elements. Mm. And what you normally do as a traveler is you hang around the town square. Mm. Somebody, by law, right, by the cultural practices and norms, is supposed to invite you to stay at their house. 
Mm. And, right. and sorry, what law is this? Is the biblical? This is this is the this is the, the cultural norms, cultural norm of the okay. time. Okay. okay, they will okay. invite you to stay with them, yeah. so that you are sheltered. This is mm. like you know, if you don't, you'll die. Yeah. Right, mm. you're exposed to elements in the desert, you know. So, um, Lot was the one who who asked the angels to stay with him, but that's because, uh, but Lot was also a foreigner in the in that place. Mm. So when the mob found out, it's like you are trying to be more just than us. Are yeah. you trying to be? You know, you're trying to prove you are high and mighty lah. You know, you're you're holy holy lah. And so they they got angry at Lot, mm. and so they wanted to you know they wanted to send out your guests. I'll humiliate you because you have offered protection over your guests, right? Yeah, I raped them. And I, you know, and I'll dishonor every, you know, I, I basically humiliate you and, 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 and that. Yeah. And nobody thought of that as like the, the, the problem, right? And sorry, Sodom and uh, Gomorrah, the cities. Oh, the cities. They okay. were, their name of the cities. Okay, okay. Right. Okay. So they, they were destroyed. And then Lot offered his daughters, his virgin daughters to them, mm. right? They didn't turn away because they were female and then this mob was gay. But their objective was not to humiliate them, mm. right? Um, and nobody questions, you know, the issue of offering your daughters to a mob. Mm. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem, right? I think that's a, a big issue as well. And so, when we look at this, we need to be very careful what he's talking about. Mm. And when but people talk about Genesis nineteen, this is from Genesis chapter nineteen, they don't talk about Judges nineteen, mm. right? In another book which has a similar situation happening. There's a Levite who was traveling to chase after his concubine who ran home to, his, mm. to her father. And he wanted to get her back. And along the way, you know, he did get her back, but along the way, he went through several towns. And he went, mm, you know, um, we have to spend the night somewhere. And the servant said, why don't we stay in this town? No, 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 no. This town is not one of us. It's not one mm. of the Israelites. Not one of the tri 12 tribes. So not safe here, mm. right? And because... There are different cultures and all that. So they went to a, an, another town, which is the, ben, uh, the town of Benjamites. Mm. And he stayed there. But the person, and he hung, he did the same thing, hang around uh, the town square. Mm. And someone did offer. But this person who offered to, uh, wasn't from that town. Also was another foreigner. Mm. And guess what? The same thing happened. The Benjamites came, showed up. You know, some of the men from the town showed up and wanted to um, rape to know the 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 Levite. Mm -hmm. But this time round, he threw his concubine out. She got raped till morning, and you know, very gruesome, really X-rated. Sorry, yeah, this is in the Bible. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, ah. there should be warning labels on yeah. on the Bible as well. And then um, he brought her back, and somehow we don't know which point she died. He chopped her. <coughs> Sorry, he chopped her into twelve pieces, and sent all the pieces to the twelve tribes of of the of the <coughs> the to the twelve twelve tribes, yeah. and said, you know, the Benjamites have done this thing, this terrible thing. <coughs> so, so that means uh, is there more to the story? So, oh, okay. so you think about the story, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> that's really no, so of course, so. this ends up with, this ends up being a, a sort of a civil war <laughs> yeah. where the eleven tribes attack the Benjamites. Oh, I see, I see. But if this <clears throat> thing has happened twice in the Bible, yep, yep. Mm. so similar, there are several possibilities, right? <clears throat> oh no, one is that um, this is commonplace occurrence happens mm. all the time. Mm. 
it's just like police shootings, um, um, blacks US. in the US. Yeah. Mm. It happens again and again and again. Systemic issue. Mm. Or two, which is another possibility, is that one is a mythologized account, mm. one is the actual account. Mm. So to me, the, the, the Genesis is actually um, fable, mythology, and not really history <coughs> to mm. me. Mm -hmm. Right, it is a, it is um, them talking about the origin story of their of Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. um, origin of their of their of their people, their story, mm -hmm. and so um, that connection with judges is quite interesting to me, mm -hmm. I I I cannot tell you which is the accurate one, mm -hmm. but you can hold both, okay. um, or you can leave it the uncertainty because. But the the exact truth is. This is not about Sodom. This is not about homosexuality at all. Mm. Because when you read other parts of the Bible, they say that, oh, they are destroyed because they are pride, proud, they are not, um, they are, they are not taking care of the poor, <coughs> the needy amongst them. They were greedy. That's what they say about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And God decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18 already. Mm. Because there was a bargain with Abraham. Abraham said, you know, but what if I find 50 righteous people in, uh, in the city? And God said, you can find 50, I will, I will, I will not destroy the city. Mm. <coughs> then, and then Abraham bargains it and bargains and bargains and bargains down to, I think, five. Uh. Mm. Need to read the story again. Uh. But yeah, yeah. it's very interesting because Abraham was bargaining with God. Okay. Like, don't destroy the city. Yeah. As long as I can find five of them, five righteous men, then you don't destroy. So, okay. Yeah, so that was, that was interesting that you <coughs> said that because what I was going to ask is, you know, you were recounting the stories. Do you see them as like fact or fable? And am I right to say, based on your the last few things you said, that there's a certain element of mythology and hmm. stories to reflect the truth that we might never know. Yeah. Because sometimes when I hear people from the church talk, they, it's almost like, yeah, they really take the Bible as fact. And I've never been able to reconcile that because it's still a book that was written. I would say Adam and Eve is not fact. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I read it as a metaphor. Yeah. Mm, I read yeah. it as a metaphor, a story Sorry. and yeah, I but, read it. But within the church, there are probably people who take that as fact, right? Yeah. Okay. And the people who, who think that the world only is like 7,000 years old or something like that. <laughs> there are people like that. But, but so, so going to that, right? I mean, like you said, uh, there are thousand, pe thousand Christians and maybe thousands interpretations of Christianity. So someone like Tochen and True Love, like, I mean, mm -hmm. Tochen himself says, I want to take it as fact. And so when, when we talk about these things, if I put out my testimony, mm -hmm. my video, and someone else who wants to, you know, do the same thing as me, which is take it more literally as fact. He finds comfort in what I'm talking about. Then what do you think? Do you think that's a bad thing? Because I mean, you, you are I an would, advocate I for different would, views. Right? I would take a few steps back because mm. we are now projecting onto Tochen. Okay. Whether okay. he reads the Bible literally. Okay. 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 Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, um, and also his whole story like, mm. in some ways. Um, I believe that he has a calling to mm. be celibate, right? Okay. Um, because when I look at the story um, and his sharing, right, it's not about homosexuality. It's mm. about sexual addiction. Yeah. Mm. And we have folks like that in the gay community and in the straight community, right, who are, who, who are addicted to sex. I think a lot, a lot in the heterosexual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from and that's the, <laughs> that's the, 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 and 
each of us are called probably to respond in different ways, right? Um, and that's his path of healing, and that's his that's what God wants for him. Mm. And the only person that can verify that is for him. Mm. Correct, correct. And for him to share the story, for other people who struggle, I mean, a guy who sleeps with three or four men every night for don't know how long, I'm, I go like, wow, where do you get the energy? Number yeah. one. Number two is like, wow, this, this also blows my mind. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and probably there needs to be some form of redemption and mm. healing for him, right? And that's for him. Mm. And to put out the story out for other people who might resonate, it's helpful. Mm. But what is unhelpful is that um, and why a lot of LGBTQ folks get very riled up about this because all the all their when they when true love is purports that they are trying to shed light on LGBTQ issues, they are portraying us in negative light. They are repeating stereotypes and caricatures of us. Not all of us have sex with three to four men um, every night. And I tell people all the time, you know, it's like you think a lot more about sex than I do. Mm. You seem to be obsessed with what kind of sex I'm having. And I think that you're thinking, I'm ha- I, you're thinking that I'm having more sex than mm. I'm really having. Mm. Mm. That it's the, you know, it, it seems that there's a lot of projection of their own anxieties on other people. Mm. You're not dealing with your own stuff and you're projecting your stuff onto us, mm, mm. right? Um, and, and and they keep using the word gay lifestyle, gay lifestyle. I go like, uh, what do you mean by gay lifestyle? Mm. Because that word is so blur, yeah. right? can apply to anything, yeah. right? Um, do I iron my clothes in a gay way, <laughs> right? Um, or do I do my laundry in a gay way? Yeah. <laughs> or do I, you know, or do I fix my Lego together in a gay way? Okay, but I but, but you that, that's something interesting because since that that podcast of true love, mm. I've spoken to some older Christians who go to not necessarily to churches mm. like three sixteen, mm. go to other churches, and they start to to say that they they were parroting a little bit of about that idea that homosexuality is the sin and acting on it, you know, if you don't act on it, you're okay. What? So that, is it, it seems like that is sort of percolating within that is a that is a, a shift, right? Uh, in the past, it's just homosexuality is a sin. Mm-hmm. Now they are yeah. shifting, but that has always been the well, that has been the Catholic church's stance for a very long time. Mm. Which your is being Which is, uh-huh. is not a sin, okay? Mm. But your the acting, acting is. Uh, also, but, that was the, that has always been a Catholic stance, la, so to speak. Uh, I don't know from when. La. At one point in time, they did issue that statement. Oh, I think okay. it's from the the Pope Emeritus when he was not Pope yet, during mm. John Paul's time. Uh, okay. Pope okay. John Paul's uh, time. Um, but we need to be very uh, careful. So when, when people say, I'll ask, where in the Bible does it say explicitly, mm. you know, that homosexuality, its interpretation is, when you, they read, you know, you shall not lie with a man as with another man, and you take it as homosexuality, then there are many, multiple questions asked right mm. what if um there is uh that i know of couples who are living in chase relationships chase. meaning oh, that chase they don't have sex yeah, yeah. heterosexual couples or gay okay 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 right mm-hmm. um because that's that's what they feel is their calling they don't they don't impose on anyone else but mm. they feel that that's what god has put on their heart mm. how do you fit that in into your you know mode right um and i think that the 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 core of it is um you know, sex in in and of itself, I think that it's neutral. 
it's the context of the sex that makes it whether it is it is loving, it is just, it is healthy, it is good, or it is bad. In I would say in most mainline Christianity, they will say that all sex outside of marriage is bad, mm. which I totally think it's like outmoded. Yeah. The idea, the thing is that marriage in its in, as the institute of marriage in the church. Uh, has always shifted in its meaning, right? And in the early days, it was about property. Women were chattel. And that's why to this day, when which I have a lot of um, objections or, or, or reservations about, you know, the bride marching down the aisle with the father and yeah. then, you know, the father give away the daughter to the, the groom. The bride doesn't realize that she's being treated as property. Mm. That's an issue. Right, there are ways of 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 um, taking this tradition, honoring this tradition, but also um, put someone at an equal. We are in a time where we believe equality of genders. Well, maybe not all of us, because not all churches ordain women as clergy. Mm. Right, but this is the, the 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 thing. A lot of things are hidden because there's also the patriarchy that exists. Yeah. For a very very long time, yeah. Um, and so when you when you when you ask me about um, uh, what was your question again? Basically, I mean, I'm seeing that there's a spreading of the, the spreading idea of, the of idea. this homosexuality uh, and the, the act, like a shifting of goalposts almost. Uh, uh like like uh, just in general, like uh, true love. You know what they're saying about homosexuality. I mean, you can be homosexual, but you don't sin by acting on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing a lot more, even non. They're not related to true love, but people Christians are saying. That as well, and it's starting to really there's a shift shift in the community. I yeah. think also in the larger context, um, mm. we need to understand the larger context. In the early days, we were if you people think you are gay or, or you're struggling with same sex attraction, and or your parents find out, or your pastor find out, or your cell group leader find out, they'll ask you to go for um for uh, conversion therapy. Mm or, or um, reparative therapy. Mm. So you go to programs like Choices, right? Yeah. And at that time, um, in the early days, people think that you can change. You can change your sexual orientation. Mm. I remember this many years ago that the big banner that Choices put out was that uh, you can change or homosexuals can change. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Then um, very much the, it's the same location where they're putting out the TLI banner right now, yeah. mm. right? In Church of Our Savior. Uh, but this this has been totally discredited, right? Um, the the international organization called Exodus International has closed down. Hey, Exodus is it international? Exodus that there's the founding the one of the oldest uh, ex gay or conversion therapy um, ministries in the world mm. uh, shut down. Um, I think in 20, 2012. and Alan Chambers the 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 is it the director or something? The leader then uh, said, apologized to everyone and said that he did not believe that, you know, he believed that 99% of people cannot change their sexual orientation. Mm. And there's a, that had been a lot of damage done to people. Imagine you're told that you can change, you believe it very, very, with all your heart and soul. And then you got married and you had kids and then you reach a point where you realize hmm, that hasn't really gone away. Mm. And then what happens next? I do not know for everybody's story because I think there are people who successfully changed 
um, and some people, um, some of them probably in very happy marriages and happy family. But there's at least one person who came to me many years ago um, when I just came back from seminary and just uh, wet behind the years pastor, right? In 2012, 2011, around that time. Um, he came, he wrote out of the blue um, to our email and I, I met up for counseling. Didn't mm. know what it was about. And he said that, you know, I've been married for seven years. I have a child and um, I want a divorce. And then in my, at that time, being very judgmental then and less compassionate, my was like, you made your bed lay in it. That was in my head. Lah. Mm. Of course, when I was counseling, I was very <laughs> pastoral, <laughs> right? But in yeah. my head, it was like, you made your bed, you lay in it. And you know why you're destroying your family, you're hurting your child. I don't know. I, I'm really, really concerned about the outcome of the child. Then he continued to share his story, which broke my heart. He said that every single day of these seven years, I've been living a lie. Mm. And I can no longer live a lie. I'd rather kill myself. And I, I heard his story mm. and his struggle. And I never heard from him since. Mm. Right? I'm really, really, I hope that if he's listening to this, yeah. you know, he can reach out to me. Uh, I don't know whether he's still alive. Mm, okay. I don't know how his state in life right now is, but we don't get, these are the things, these are the stories that I, I, I hold. People who have been broken by people who told them they can change. Mm. And so the church has to shift, the church at large, right? Has mm. to shift from homosexuality to, sin to something else that they now, mm. it's like you need to change your strategy already yeah, because yeah. that has caused harm. Yeah. Mm. That's why the LGBT community were up in arms and saying that TLI is conversion therapy mm. or con conversion therapy 2.0 because this is they had to change their their their, their messaging yeah. because that no longer works. The thing that I struggle most with is that they are the 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 problem is well good and great if you um you manage to help these people to change. Mm. But when they are hurt, when they are harmed, when 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 they are, there's negative consequences, yeah. guess mm. what? Who are the ones who are, yeah. who are the emergency room for them? They come yeah. to us at FCC. But, but the thing is, true love is quite, I mean, quite. we ask them quite outright, mm. you know, what, do you all do conversion therapy? No. They really, they say they're really just nothing but a platform. So, I mean, is it fair to say, oh, it's conversion therapy 2.0? It's just a changed version of you what are marketing, conversion therapy was. What they are doing is they're marketing a certain net all these narratives mm. and they link to choices what in the in the resources page one of the choices is one of the options there is the is choices and choices is the conversion therapy is, and oh. so when when you say conversion therapy because when they mentioned it in my mind i had heard of it but i didn't know the exact i think conversion is therapy very has, broad, right? is very broad right at one point in time there was elect, uh, electroshock therapy yep. Right, and that was really, really long ago, and that's not. I don't think they have done it um, in since the nineties, mm -hmm. It was really harmful, and I think people realize that. Uh, but what they they do is they do a lot of a lot of it is based on pseudoscience, right? That mm. you have a you have a weak father, absent father, and a overbearing mother. Those mm. kind of a lot of the weird theories, mm. and that are debunked, right? Mm. Uh, and I don't know what they use now, but that was one of the very popular theories that they have out there and 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 the problem with this kind of um this kind of uh, theory is that it puts the guilt on the parents mm. right my parents felt guilty when i came out 
Mm. Like, did I do anything wrong? Mm. Did I not protect you? Were you were you molested as a child or something like that? They were they 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 felt that guilt and something about their um, it points to their parenting skills or something, mm -hmm. right? And parents are very fearful of that, mm. and so you play into you know some of the insecurities of parents by saying that you know you have an absent father and a um, and overbearing mother, but hey, in Asian, in our Asian culture and in Singapore's culture, a lot of, well, at least a lot of the moms are the stay-at-home moms who are overbearing because they have to make you do homework, right? Mm. right? And then the, the the dads are the ones who are out working. In, maybe now not so much because, you know, more equality and women are out working as well. Mm. But the silent father, you know, the, the we are conditioned with, uh, as males, to be less expressive. Mm. Mm. Right, the only expression they were permitted to express is anger. Mm. That's that's why there's ma ma uh, toxic masculinity in the first place, and so distant fathers are are common, mm -hmm. yeah. and so this this all these theories play into those insecurities. Mm. So we need to be, but we also we need to dig at the depth or or at the heart of this, <clears throat> and the heart of the problem with with these programs or or I wouldn't I I would say that <clears throat> I'll take TRI as a <coughs> at their face value, mm. um, that um, they are not conversion therapy. Yeah. Mm. Right? They are just providing a platform. Can I take a break? <coughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right. I'm getting this <coughs> cough. Cough. Yeah. Okay. I think we just say, okay, we're back. Uh, uh, Myak has sorted out his cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we will carry on where Myak left off, which was. Um, about TLI, right? Yes. About about the idea of homosexuality and and the and the, and the, sin and the shift and, and the shift. So, um, one thing that we need to pay attention to is uh, the word unwanted keeps mm. popping up, mm. right? Unwanted unwanted same sex attraction, yeah. and I I want to ask the question: Where did the unwanted come from? Mm. Right. Often it is about teach what we have been taught, whether it is uh, um, you know around us, um, like. Don't be so don't be so girly. Uh, you know your parents are probably or your families trying to tell you to fit into gender roles. Yep, yep. You know girls should behave like girls. Girls should wear skirts. Uh, boys should behave like boys. Boys don't cry. Things like, things mm. like that. You are socialized in some way. There's also the dimension that the church has done the harm the church has done. You know, um, especially for LGBTQ people that you're abomination. No, abomination to us like your abominable snowman, right? But abomination is actually God detests you. Mm. And that's not easy to hear. Mm. Right? I've heard that before and I had to walk out in the room mm. when someone used that word. Very long ago. Um, I will still have reactions now, but of course, uh, you know, through years of of reconciling and working on my faith and knowing God is in my life. Mm. I'm, I'm like, yeah, you can say abominable. It hurts me, but it's, it's not because I think God doesn't love me or God detests me. Mm. It's because you and our human being is dehumanizing me. Mm. Right. And so when, 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 but this is the, the, the bottom line that TLI and choices and conversion therapy have in common. Um, and even some teachings in church is it devalues or, or it makes you feel unworthy. Mm. It makes you feel that God detests you. There's a part of you that is detestable. Like the, the, the line they like to throw that's not from the Bible. 
love the sinner, hate the, hate the sin. Well, for a lot of times, you can the sin and the sinner are, uh, you know, the the sin is very, you know, the it's like stealing or something, and mm. it's not tied to the core identity of the person. <clears throat> but being LGBTQ is tied to our identity, mm. right? The not acting on the sexual attraction, um, you know, when it, it, but it's always there. Mm. So you feel there's a part of yourself that is constantly popping up that is detestable by God, you will, you will internalize all these and you will start hating yourself. Mm. You hate that part of yourself that you think God detests. Mm. Right? And that is a problem. Because as you generate, as you have this self-hate, right, you will start acting out in self-destructive behavior. Mm. Mm. And you know, look, looking at Tolchin's behavior as, you know, um, engaging in sex with three, four men a night, that is the kind of behavior. I'm not saying that, that that's his experience, but that is the kind of pattern that I see. Mm. Drugs, sex, um, and and the because they hate themselves, they do not believe if that they are able to, no one will love me mm. for who I am. Yeah. So the only thing that you can get it's physical, um, physical intimacy, just sex. Mm, mm. Yeah. You said you replace sex becomes a substitute for love because you don't believe that you'll get love and you don't even dare to, to try because you'll get hurt. Yeah. You, you know, do you love me? You know, when people think coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out is really difficult for a lot of us because it puts us in a vulnerable position because at the end of the day, you can reject me. Mm. You can stop loving me because of who I am. Mm. And this is the lived reality for LGBTQ people mm. all the time. And this, this self-hate that's generated, the church needs to take responsibility for some of that. Mm. And you know, someone asked me, you know, why is there no, why is the LGBTQ community so angry? Because I walk in this in the middle ground, right? Mm. I am, I hold both identities. I'm an intersection. I see both both sides. Mm. And the thing is that there can be no reconciliation until there's a recognition that there's wrongdoing, mm. that there's harm done, mm. that there is hurt. LGBTQ people have taken their own lives mm. because of this. They are told that you are not God detests you and they hate themselves so much that they cannot live anymore. Yeah. We know of so many people who have taken their own lives. I've lost friends to suicide. Yeah, mm. but I mean, I, I'm not trying to defend, what, mm. but but I think, but Pastor Norman on the podcast, he did say that it came from a, I mean, uh, true love came from a place where he saw there was a lot of, uh, yeah, suicide, a lot of depression within, uh, LGBT community la. and I mean, would you say that? Okay, aside from the fact that there is a link to conversion therapy on the website, if that wasn't there, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you say that it's, it's good that there's a community for people like Tochen who want to who, who want to be let, let's not say unwanted same sex attraction, but who who want to be celibate, for example, you know, like like you know, I, I know young Christian couples who who want to be celibate till they're married, and and they you know they see that as a good mm. thing, So yes. maybe that's something that Tochen wants in his life to yes, be yes, 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 celibate. La. I I'm not saying that you know um, TLI should shut down. Okay. I think that they're doing a wonderful ministry to people who really feel that their sexual attraction or their same-sex attraction is unwanted. Mm -hmm. It helps them to process uh, and that's their calling at this, you know. 
um, and that's their that's their narrative and that's their story. Yeah, I'm not going to cancel that. I think that that's important. Okay, but I think that they also need to be very uh uh transparent. They need to be very uh they need to also be um <clears throat> have they need to be more def- uh explicit about certain things, right? Mm. Because I only found out that they are oh we don't represent we're not imposing through the podcast. Oh really? That was like right? actually because if you go to the website and all the videos <laughs> they are imposing. But that's how that's how you know what how does you know you the effect of those videos and the website is different from what they're saying. So they need to change something. But wouldn't you say that even you said you went to the website, mm-hmm. right? A video you kind of need to click to watch or you click to unmute. So doesn't that mean that people still have to take a proactive step to consume that content? Um, and if they don't want to, they don't have to. It's blasted out through my Facebook. It's true. It does go out in like sponsored it? ads. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, when a Facebook appears my, on my Facebook feeds, mm. people share it. And people and good, well-meaning Christians share it in a very passive-aggressive way. Mm. Trying to tell their gay friends or LGBTQ friends that you can change or there's another way. Mm. Like, I don't agree with your lifestyle. Yeah, It's very passive-aggressive because you're not engaging in conversation. Yeah, It's not saying that, you know what, I want to hear. And this is the problem. We are not having dialogue, we're having debate. Mm. Dialogue mm. is when we listen to understand. Mm-hmm. right? Debate is when I listen to rebut. We need to be clear what we are trying to do here. Mm. right? And I think that there's space for... I mean, I'll always fight for the right for anyone to hold their beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 the, that's my stand, you know. Right? Um, as long as your beliefs don't, don't harm people, uh, yeah. that's, that's very important. So there, there's some caveats here that we need to establish. So for um, them to share their stories, that's, that's their story. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They can do what they want. And, and I see their, them as a response to Ping Dot. Because Ping Dot started all these video stories first. Mm. And they realized that you know, Ping Dot is having this permeating uh, culture to be uh, LGBTQ approving. So they are the counter to it. I, I no, not, while they say you know, certain things, right? they are not um, here to impose, but they are offering the counter narratives. Mm-hmm. So you need to look at it a larger picture. You cannot, you t- cannot say that, oh, that was not my intention. You, and and uh, absolve yourself from it. I mm. think that it's important to own the outcomes, um, even if the outcomes was not what you intended. Yeah. So what they have projected is that if people will click on it, yes. And the people who click on it are likely people who are who are curious, uh, maybe straight allies. Or who uh, make podcasts. Or make po- whoever <laughs> la, will click on it. Then the thing is that what they are watching ends up uh, perpetuating stereotypes. Mm. that we are all crazy, uh, sex-crazy uh, creatures and whatnot, and, and doesn't project us in good light, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And all these people, of course, um, say that they have they struggle with their unwanted same-sex attractions. Mm. And all of them have gone through the process of yeah. sort of reconciling that, right? Yeah. But they don't... These people are not exposed to the stories like my story about I am... I think that my my sexuality is a gift from God. Mm. I moved from the position where it was a curse, it was a burden, to a point where I recognize it's a gift. It is a gift because it sensitizes me to the privilege I have 
It sensitizes me to bullying because I was bullied before. It sensitizes me when people who are bullied because of other reasons, right? And it makes me riled up because I resonate with that. Mm. I resonate with, because I've been oppressed before. I resonate when other people are oppressed and I will stand up and speak up, mm. right? And I'll say, no, that, that, that is wrong. I get really, really riled up when, when I heard from one of my friends that, um, that um, Muslim um, school children, school boys la, were bullied and called names in school, like Obama, Obama oh, uh, no, not Obama, Osama, Osama, mm. Bin Laden, Bin Laden. It's oh. like, this perpetuating all this shit that shouldn't mm. be around in the first place. That's dehumanizing somebody. Mm. Right? It's just like someone going around calling someone faggot, faggot. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and this is a gift. If I was straight, right, I would be you know, in a high-flying career, I would be married with kids, and I will not give two hoots about other people's lives. Mm. That's the, you know, it, it's, this thing sensitizes me. You know, this, so I see it as a gift. Mm. But wouldn't would the argument be then, then that's for you to create nice videos and put them out there on the internet and provide another narrative lah, that counters true love in a way? Uh, rather than say that true love but we are speaking to which audience are we speaking to we don't have access to the audience Mm. just like people come up and testify in their churches that you know uh, I've gone through this I've gone through this I've gone through it now I'm healed and whole I don't have access to that platform Mm. so what they're doing is they're perpetuating within their echo chamber these Mm. beliefs right and in some way they're also answering the question to um, some straight Christians who are like, I really disagree with how uh, the church has been treating LGBTQ people, but I don't know how to respond. Mm. And they are, th- this is trying to, to answer that question. Um, but the, the, but it's still, there are still people who feel uncomfortable mm. and it's too slick, it's too polished. It's, it comes off leaving some feeling that you, you cannot put your finger in, but there's something there's something about it that doesn't doesn't sit well with you. So exactly exactly what you're saying, right? So at the end of the podcast with True Love is, I told them straight out, I still don't agree with their approach, but I found it difficult to explain why. And the fact that you were also saying you can't put a finger on it, to me, it's it's part of the same um, thing. And even when Sean Fu said, Sean Fu had a talk with, I think, two people from True Love is, and by the end of it, he also said that it's they have a they have a strong case la, and it's hard to kind of um point out the issues with it because what they say about okay, people are free to watch, people are free to not watch, uh, and the fact that if they are providing some sort of benefit to a certain demographic of people, right, is that wrong? Because because I personally know people who I'm sort of, like I said, I'm 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 not a believer in organized religion, but I know people who are believers of organized religion and to me, they become the best versions of themselves, uh, mm. I see. So in this case, if they are doing that, admittedly, okay, like I think them not talking about the harm they're causing, it, it is a big problem. But for the benefit of those people, if they are bringing some sort of balance to their life, I found it very difficult to find fault with that. And that's why at the end of the podcast, I, I felt the same way I feel when I watch True Love these videos. I'm like, I can't, I can't resonate with this. I can't agree with it, but I can't clearly say this is wrong. So I think that we need to recognize that when someone is telling a sto- their story yeah. um, and we hear it, even when we disagree, that's, 
it's okay. We you don't have that weird feeling like um because I think all of us have some BS detector in us. Mm. When something is manipulative and trying to make you shift certain things, right? And it's not authentic, then we have a certain reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we need to recognize that something is something is off, mm. at least. Um, and how the stories are presented is 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 it just feels um, manipulative, mm-hmm. right? And that's why there is that that dissonance in us. Mm. I, I think that that's one of the things. Um, I don't want to break down and analyze. Um, but I think that the, the 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 issue is that they need to be clear. They have not been clear about, you know, as I said before, um, what if a person who has uh, embraced their, um, you know, LGBT identity, are they welcome there? Mm. Because my, my point is, you cannot create a safe space for people who are struggling with unwanted same-sex attraction and put them together with people who have embraced, embraced their... It, yeah. mm. Mm. Because they are living contradictions. The very presence of someone who is well adjusted and embraced their sexual orientation, their gender identity, and 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 reconcile that with their faith, yeah, is a living, uh, you know, contradiction yes. and, and rubs them off the wrong way, and it might be harmful to them. Mm. So I'm not saying that you need to open up your space and be safe for everyone, but then that that then your marketing or or your messaging uh, is off. It's not mm-hmm. accurate. Okay. It's just like me promoting out and says we welcome all people. Then when someone comes to FCC and realize that we're very English speaking, mm. right? Then the those whose English is a second language uh, will struggle. We are not truly welcoming, and I own that. Mm. And we need to find ways to create the space for them if mm. we want to create this space. For them. So, so it would be. Would you say that if they had a very clear FAQ that put out, you know, all these different uh, scenarios? Where you do you stand on this? Mm. Where do you stand mm. on this? Because in their on their website, this because the the on their website they are not articulated because they this is the I think the struggle. If you articulate upfront that you think that um, same sex acts is a sin mm. from the very get go, mm. then people go, oh, I, I know where you're coming from, mm. and I know how to read your message, mm. but they have not mentioned it at all. Mm. Then it gives you a very you know, at first you sound like you're you're welcoming and you're you're open to LGBT people. Mm. Then you know, but hidden in hidden the the message is hidden, mm. and that is that is that is the 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 part that people don't people react to. Yeah. If you say out front, I mean, no one when no choices has been running their their ministry of thirty over years. You know, yeah. now people have been like, you know, they exist, and then yeah, we know they exist. And I pointed people to that to choices before because they said that you know what I want to work through this I want to overcome my sexual orientation or, or my unwanted same sex desires and I said this is not what we do mm. right um, then I'm happy to you know you know to point you to their ministry because that's what they do I don't want to to do for you what I that I don't feel that it's helpful mm. or I feel it's harmful mm. but that's what you want then you go there okay. Mm. Right, that's the that that's my stand, you know. If yeah. that, because that is my my might be your path. Because we know people who are, uh, you know, like what they have testified, right? All the folks from True Love is they have testified that their lives are better for mm. it. Mm. Yeah. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, similar to what we know as content creators, is that um, very high production value videos and stories like Tochens that told mm. can elicit very strong emotions in people that pull them into. To what they think is a very mm. like uh, welcoming platform, mm. and everything, but there might be messages in there that are actually 
could be harmful to someone you know growing up and not really uh, struggling with sexuality and all that. And we need and to, those are inbuilt into like the messaging la, somewhat. To some degree that any content that you put out there is mm. always open to interpretation. Yeah. Right. So for one of the um one of the circuit uh speakers from the US Christopher Yuan, who has spoken mm. I think maybe at TOI, I'm not sure, before um uh, I went to one of his talk mm-hmm. to, to listen, right? I agree with a lot of things he said. Mm. Um he, he talked about a lot of issues and and a lot of things I actually agree. Um, but what happened thereafter is that I went um, when I left. Uh, one of my church folks messaged me and said, "You know, my mom went to the same um, conference event mm. and said and came back and told me that I can change, I can get married, and oh. I can turn straight." Then I went like, uh, "That's not what Christopher said. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what Christopher said because I agree with him because Christopher said that holy sexuality." You know, he said that he's trying to live out holy sexuality, which is celibacy, mm. right? That it's not holy sexuality. Yeah, that's a term. Is, holy sexuality. The opposite. He said the opposite of homosexuality is not heterosexuality, it's but holy sexuality, meaning holy. being celibate, lah. Yeah. yeah. Then I just went like, mm, okay, but that's a shift. Yeah, they yeah. they have stopped saying that you can change to become straight, but you can become celibate, meaning you just control your 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 sexual urges and all that. Mm. Uh, but that is denying someone the, a core component of who they are to connect with someone they love. Mm. You are telling someone you cannot love. Mm. You cannot experience the full range of human love. Right? And I think that I'm, I'm trying to remember who said it um, because I watched a couple of videos um, recently. Um, someone quoted like uh, when they created Adam, right? They created Eve, mm. right? That's the, the, the bond for marriage and all that. And um, this is the thing. God said it is not good for Adam to be alone. Mm. The human condition, and God cannot fill that void of companionship. Mm. Mm. Celibacy is a calling that is for the few, right? Of course, in, 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 um, the, in Paul's letters, right, he said that, that's, uh, um, that celibacy is the highest form. But you cannot tahan, right? You cannot control your passions. It's it's better that you get married rather than burn in your passions. Mm. So at that time, celibacy was the number one thing on people's mind. Why? And people don't realize why Paul said it. Because at that time, people thought that Jesus was the second coming was going to happen next week, next month, next year. Mm. Mm. If that is the case, then all these things are not consequential. You don't need to get married. You don't have. You don't don't need to plan for kids. Don't don't need to plan ahead. Just prepare for the second coming. But we are in the year twenty twenty. The second coming has not happened, and the church and the church teachings had to adapt and change over time. Mm. We need to understand church is not monolithic, singular entity, and the beliefs and all that has ad- adapted through history. Mm. Slavery was supported in the Bible. No one single church today, I'll tell you, will say that slavery is okay. Mm. Right. That's, that's, a, that's very, very against the Bible. Huh? Mm. Nowhere the Bible says slavery is not okay. Mm. How do we arrive here to this point where we think slavery is not okay? Mm. It's against human rights. It's against humanity. It's a crime. It's mm. a sin. How do we get there? The Bible never write that, but it is our. I think that we forget that God continues to work. It's the Bible is not the be all and end all. 
Mm. The, God continues to inspire us through the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see and understand new things. Mm. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. There's a mind there. In the original, you know, in Jesus was quoting um, the the Hebrew, the the uh, Jewish prayer, the Shema, the Shema, and it says, "Love God with your heart, um, all your heart, soul, and strength." Mm-hmm. Understand mind. Jesus added the mind there. We need to use our God-given intellect and reason to reason mm. and to look at things from a reasonable perspective mm-hmm. as well. It's not to throw out the Bible. It's not to throw out everything, but to incorporate all of it to a holistic faith. Mm-hmm. And there is, of course, things that are beyond our reason and beyond our knowing. That is the mystery that is life. Mm-hmm. The things that we don't ex- do not know how to explain. Like, why is light both a wave and a particle don't know. Mm. mystery in life yeah so, it is what it is so you just uh, delved into the some re- uh, semblance of science la. Mm. and there was this one scientific study that pastor norman quoted on the podcast episode yeah which i know you have some thoughts about yeah um this is the part that i i, I find it very challenging because uh, oftentimes when a lot of christian pastors quote science against uh, lgbtq um, they don't quote the full thing, mm. and I, I I think that some you know at best I can say is uh, disingenuous, mm. um, uh, and I I want to be compassionate, la. but the science the the research that uh, uh, Pastor Norman quoted was about the half a million people were studied and mm. they found that yeah. there's no gay gene, yeah, right, um, but the research also concluded that um, genetic factors contribute between eight to twenty five percent to our sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, that is conclusive. Mm. That there is a genetic component to our to our sexual orientation, to our attraction. So I mean, we we need to broaden our minds because um, who we are when we say we are born this way isn't just about genes. Mm. Because genes we uh, genes um, need to be expressed, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so there are epigenetic factors, right? Mm. So there are some things that are latent, and um, one person can be uh, whoever can have the XY chromosome, but because of some hormonal factors, did not develop into a male yeah. um, a fetus in the womb, and so is born female. Mm. But that person has an XY chromosome because the Y gene wasn't expressed. Mm. And and so this is something that we need to recognize. So just now when I was talking to Harish, I asked, uh, you know, are you left-handed or right-handed? Mm, and and I am left-handed. And Terence, you are right-handed. Yeah. Do you, are you born this way? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I, none of my so. parents forced me to use my left. Uh, yeah, you are. It comes naturally to you. It is mm. instinctive. You know, of course, people have done the same experiment. You know, um, when do you find out that you are straight? Right. It's a way that people like. <laughs> I've known it all along, right? Mm. It's, it's a, it's a, you know it's a, in the core of your being. Mm. And so, the, the, but the reality is that they haven't found a singular gene for left-handedness. Mm. It's a, conf- a variety of genes and factors in the womb that might cause this. Because um, if you have twins, right? Identical twins who have the same genes. Twins, um, the mono, monozygotic ge- twins, yep. right? Identical yep. twins, they yep. have the same genes. One can be left-handed, one can be right-handed. Mm. But yet, 30%, there's a 30% chance of correlation. Mm. 
if I'm not wrong, I'm trying to remember my, my research correctly. And it also applies to uh, LGBTQ. Because mm. I remember that there was a presenter um, um, in, in, uh, for in, on a Christian panel saying that you are not born this way. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, why are you telling me something that I know in the core of my being? Mm. Uh, but and this person said and quoted they quoted the twin studies which I went I I, I was so I think it's by Spitzer right um, and I went like what you know he says that you know if you have two twins uh, one twin is gay not a hundred percent chance that the the other one is gay mm. so it's not um, so it's not gen no you're not born this way then mm. I go like that's a very bad science. Because the real research shows that if they're identical twins, there's a, the, I think it's about 30% chance that one, if one uh, twin is, one twin and it's male gay, male, mm. uh, if one male is gay, the other identical twin has 30% chance of being gay. That means higher than, higher, higher than every If it's brother. a fraternal yeah. twin, it drops to, I think, 15%, somewhere around that figure. Mm. And they, if they are just siblings, right, like brothers, it drops to a normal like nine, eight to ten percent. Mm. There is a statistic. There is is statistically significant. significant. Mm. There is a genetic factors happening somewhere here. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's not to say that there's no environmental factor, but the but the genetic factor plus factors in the womb, you know, because a lot of the research now has gone into the hormone, the hormones that's going on in the mother's body. Um, that might react to the to the fetus that cause sexual orientation. We don't know. There's some yeah. there are research going on because um, the there's the big brother theory la, Because the more elder brothers that you have, the more likely that you turn out gay, and it's not environmental. Mm. Because what they have done is that they have uh, brothers were separated out, you know, raised in different different locations. It's not because your older brother who bully you until you turn gay, mm. right? But it is they, they suspect that the male hormones, right, the, the testosterone in the in the in the fetus, um, the mother's um, hormones are trying to counter it or somehow. Mm. So the more male child that you have in your womb, the more likely that the last child, the your own hormones will act with the hormones of the of the of the fetus, something like that. Lah. Mm. Right. So so there's research. So we don't there are a lot that we don't know. I wouldn't but I wouldn't say it's inconclusive. Yeah. So mm. So just to just to play devil's advocate, you know, you brought up the handedness thing, which mm. I wasn't aware of before. So what if what if one takes the view that okay, let's say for me, I was born left-handed, uh, and there is enough research to show that there's a genetically significant um reason for that. Mm. But if I were to be forced to be right-handed, I would have had a normal life. In fact, certain things as a left-handed is fucking annoying. Yeah, like because, using scissors mm-hmm. is damn annoying. Mm-hmm. So isn't there an argument there that if I was forced to be right-handed, I would have had a normal life that would be more convenient? Because, of course, that's a like sexuality is a big extrapolation of that. But what would you say to people who say something like of that? Of course, uh, the handedness is something that um, handedness is if you are forced to use your right hand, which a lot of the older generations yeah. are, because. Yeah. Uh, it's considered bad luck or what, you know, you use your chest with left hand, yeah. no, no, right? My, yeah. Probably my parents' generation and older. Um, and they led normal lives, but that's handedness. Yeah. Mm. And that allows you to actually conform to society a lot more. But who were I attracted to, right? 
And and the thing about handedness is that you can often revert. You know, you for many things you can use your your left hand, and then that's in my own private time I use my left. Yeah, <laughs> when something's like naturally something, yeah, someone yeah. throws something at you, you 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 react right. You yeah. react with your natural hand, um, and that actually expands out um, your functionality of your handedness kind yeah. of thing. Mm. It's positive, but when you talk about sexual orientation, right, it is a it is about who you're drawn to. It's not just about sex. It mm. is who you form romantic bonds to, who you want to spend your life with. And a lot of this is missed out because the focus has always been about sex. Mm. Mm. But that's not the only dimension of my relationship with my partner. Just like your relationship with your wife. Mm. It's not just the sex. Yeah. It's the living together. It is the bonding. And the sex is the expression of that love, mm. of that bond that you have together. And mm. this is the thing that we, we we tell people, you know, why don't you know why are you so um insistent that we cannot form we cannot love? Mm. Why are you banning us from loving? Mm. Because it's not the they, they focus on the sex, but when we talk about this, we talk about the whole of our lives. Mm. Right? And it's not just a, it's not just the forming relationships. Being LGBTQ puts you at risk of being fired at work. Being puts you at risk of being bullied, puts you at risk of losing friends, puts you at risk of a lot of things. You undergo a lot of things in your life just because you're LGBTQ. Mm. And so that that struggle actually creates a lot of unhealthy stuff in our lives as LGBTQ people because we have been used to hiding. Yep. We used to be lying about ourselves and used to be hating a part of ourselves, even if subconsciously. There's a part of myself that I I I I resent. Like, why does it have to be this way? Mm. Right? Why do we why do I have it so difficult? But this is the the thing. I mean, it's not that the sex is so so great and mind-blowing that people want to become gay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there is a there's a I, I wouldn't say that, I won't generalize, right? But there might be a niche group of people who find it super thrilling or mm. or or whatever. But that's a that's mm. not the that's not the majority of all the people I know, all the LGBTQ people I know, mm. because the that's who they are, mm. and that's who they want to be, how who they want to love. Yeah. That's the that's a, a lot of things that are missed out in the conversation, mm. and that is the I think that we need to begin to humanize mm. and not just like demonize, especially. And it gets very irritating. We are constantly demonized because we are the invisible people. Right in the past, we we're very invisible, mm. so you can condemn a group of people without saying, with, without con, uh, without um, having to face them, without yeah. uh, any uh, backlash or whatever. Yeah. Now it's different, huh? But you cannot condemn them openly. Then, but you know, there are things that Jesus talked about. Jesus never said anything about LGBT zero, mm. mm. but Jesus said something about divorce. Like, but they are not condemning. You know, if you if you are someone who read the Bible literally, yeah. a lot of them actually uh, give more leeway to divorces and remarriage. Mm. Right? There are some churches who hold on to it. You know, if you are, you are remarried, you need to leave, leave, leave the church. You cannot be one of us, mm. or you cannot become a leader. You cannot. But they 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 give more leeway. They don't condemn from the pulpit because they are they know people who are divorces yeah. and they know their lives and they know their story and they understand. Mm. They have the compassion and they go like. I know your story. I know the predicament that you're in. I know that that was something that you have to go through. Mm. So have you had, have you had a chance to have a clash of ideas with the guys from the people from True Love? 
is I had coffee with uh, Pastor Ian. Okay, uh, but that was uh, he was uh, he was uh, plucking my brain for you know he said we are getting a lot of backlash and and you know we were wondering um you know to hear from the other side kind of thing. I'm glad mm. that they reached out. Mm. Uh, but that was the first season lah, not mm. this season. It was this season just starting right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So now the, it's season number. What's the first season? I went like, hey, why your story all about like uh sexual abuse mm. when they were young and all that? You know, I think maybe you've identified a very niche group of people mm. that have experienced uh, sexual trauma when they were young, mm. and so their sexuality is affected, mm-hmm. right? And so what you're doing is healing or trying to heal that trauma. But this story doesn't apply to all of us. Yeah. So this time round, they, they, they presented a whole bunch of people, right? And some of them have explicitly said that I've not experienced any sexual abuse when I was young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Tochen did say that, yeah. right? And then I'm like, hey, you are taking what I said and then you're trying to expand your, your to counter what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like you need to, yeah. So I went like, mm, okay. Um, but the again, you know, those stories don't represent us LGBTQ people, mm. especially mm. when these people don't identify as LGBTQ anymore, mm. right? There are people who said, "I was a lesbian, I'm not anymore. I'm a Christian struggling. I'm wanted same-sex attraction." So, to for them to speak on LGBTQ issues is rather um, they cannot be representative of us. Mm. Just mm. like an ex-Christian cannot speak on behalf of Christians. Mm. And I, I think that that's a very important thing. They can speak their story. Mm. No issues. The, re, the thing is, you cannot speak on our behalf. But that's what their website says. You know, They say that you know, if you want to find out about LGBTQ issues, and their, their audience are Christians who want to find out about LGBTQ issues, that's mm. not it. Yeah. Perhaps a better wording is that if you are a Christian with unwanted same-sex attraction, you're welcome here to, in this safe space. Mm. But if you are saying that you're a Christian and want to find out more about LGBTQ issues, uh, that is not accurate at all. Mm. So, so uh. feels like yeah, there there needs to be a lot more alignment like, from what mm. you're saying. And just now you said you you think there needs to be more dialogue than mm. debate, right? But earlier you also said that as a church, FCC hasn't applied to be part of the NCS, CCS. NCCS. But mm. isn't it so? Wouldn't that facilitate dialogue? I think dialogue is not about. Uh, that would be more political move. Mm. Dialogue means engaging. I mean, I have pastors reaching out to me for coffee and mm. meetings privately, and they mm. would, would not want to be named. Um, but there are there are shifts in there are shifts, mm. right? In a good way, or in a good way. Mm. Um, I've been invited to preach in a in another church, which mm. is extraordinary, right? Um, mm. that, that is really saying something. Um, and we have engaged in conversations. And there are churches who are try- who says that, you know what, I want to become affirming. Help me on my journey. Affirming and meaning? Affirming means welcoming LGBT people and recognizing them as equals. Oh, so that is and a not term. treating that affirming is a, is a term. Affirming is a term. Affirming is a term. For specific to this issue or for- Speci- speci- because this is what the church in the US has used. Mm. We're open and affirming. Mm. Right? So this is the key term that we use some will use welcoming but welcoming becomes a very loaded term because yeah. some pe- people will contest the word welcoming right yeah. but open and affirming is the key words so when, I, when someone says you're welcoming I'll ask are you affirming mm. because to me your welcome is not real, true welcome until you're affirming because if you're welcoming but not affirming you're treating me as a second class citizen mm. who needs to be helped and everything yeah 
right? Um, there are some things, of course, you know, someone will give the argument and I can hear it in my head already. That, but you're not going to appoint someone who is, uh, who is a criminal to leadership, right? Mm. Different thing, uh. mm. <laughs> right? We have, <laughs> we have criteria for leadership. States for leadership roles, and not one of them discriminates based on sexual orientation or gender identity. That is affirming, right? Just because you are LGBTQ doesn't mean that you cannot serve on the mm. worship team. Mm. You cannot serve on this team or that team. Yeah, because a lot of it stems from you cannot serve on the worship team. Not just because people can see you, but because you are unworthy to worship God. Mm. That is the key. That I have the 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 because you're unworthy. Yeah. It's not about the risk that you might, you know, you might you might think the children law or what, but it is you are unworthy. Mm. Like, that's the thing. So right. Yeah. So um one thing that I would say is like you know, while we are not in connection with National Council of Churches of Singapore, we are in relationship with National Council of Churches of India. Right. I've been invited several really? times to speak at their um I've just been invited to speak at one of their um one of their talks, right? Um, as one of the panelists, lah, and they have hosted a, uh, they have hosted, uh, I think, in twenty seventeen, uh, consultation mm -hmm. about sexual, uh, se uh, gender and sexual minorities, and they are affirming. But they also repealed three seven seven a last year. They repealed three seven seven, and the National uh. Council of Churches of India wrote an affidavit to for the repeal of three seven seven. In Singapore, right? No, uh, in, in oh, India, India. In India. Yes, 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 yes. Singapore okay, okay. NCCS wants to wants to maintain three seven seven eight. Yeah. Mm. So there, there, there's a difference, and and you know, don't come and tell me that you no, know, this is a Western thing. This is a non-Christian thing. The National Council of Churches of India is for you know inclusion of LGBTQ people as equals. Mm. Period. And I, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate to to be friends with them. And I think part of it is to understand um, um, the, the under, how they arrive at the understanding. Not only the history and the, and the culture, right? Um, India has, has seen transgender and sexual diversity for a very, very long time. It's in yeah. the yeah. system, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and also, they are, not as, um, they are also uh, very aware of issues of um, uh, discrimination, right? Um, because of the caste system in yeah. India. And so with all these mindsets or this, this environment helps them to understand oppression and, um, and, and suffering well. I, I think that's mm. the thing. But in Singapore, Christianity has always been the religion that's allied with power because it is the religion of the colonials. Mm. So, you know, to rub shoulders with those in power, that's the religion you turn to, right? Yeah. In some ways. And it has always dominated. Hello, you know, 50% of, more than 50% of our MPs in, in parliament are Christians. When we are on, we number maybe 18%, mm. including the Catholics, 18%. That's a disproportionate representation um, because I think that that's, uh, we need to be mindful of that. Mm. We need to be very careful that when we don't impose our faith on others, Mm. No, we we lift out for the better of humanity, the better of Singapore, but we don't impose our religion to uh to chart it in a certain way that is um problematic mm. I think that's okay. very important. So then, yeah. then do you see? Because I'm just looking at the questions on uh, Reddit, so mm. a lot of it has been addressed, but there was one general question: mm. like, do you think it is 
Like, are you optimistic about the future where we will come a point in time where there's, as you have LGBT people, uh, aff- like, and ch- churches everywhere are affirming? Do you think that is a plausible angle or it would be tough in our lifetime or, or what, what is your take on what the future will look like? What's the time frame? Now? What's the time frame? Maybe like, 10 years? 10 years. Because, and the context of that is like on our podcast where we, we like to bring um, opposing views and all that, but everything I see on social media seems to hint that we are going more divergent than convergent on any issue that is controversial. We are getting polarized. Yeah. Um, and I think what you are doing here is very important to counter that polarization. Because the thing we polarize because uh, we, we are issue based. Mm. We are so issue focused. Like, are you for or against LGBT? Mm. But it should not be that way. It, the very beginning of my interaction with any human being should be, I see you as a fellow human being. And from my faith, I see you as having a, uh, you know, a spark of the creator. Mm. You, know, you are created in the image of God as well, mm. just like I am. Mm. And that is a starting point of my interaction with you. We can disagree with 10,000 different things. That's, that's okay. But the very beginning is what, what is the basis of interaction? I don't see you as an enemy. I don't see you as the other. I see you as a sibling. Mm. Right. And if we see that, then all the things we disagree with can, you know, is my is what I hold. Right. The question then is, am I going how this beliefs that I have, am I going to impose it? Mm. But a lot of times you think about it, well, LGBT people who want same-sex marriage. They want same-sex marriage. Mm. But they're not asking straight people to get married with a person of same sex. Yeah. Then why are their rights being denied? Mm. And a lot of times that if you I was just you know joking with some of my friends and I was I was just you know thinking out loud. And the reason why is because they say that sex is can only happen with marriage. Mm. And once you get married, right, then we are you no know, same-sex acts can are legitimized. Mm. 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 If you consider that sex can only happen within holy matrimony, and if that is granted to LGBTQ people, that means then <laughs> OMG, right? Yeah, and that, that could be that could be one of the reasons. But they are so focused on the sex that they don't realize that marriage for a lot of us is because um, it it lends a lot of benefits. Visitation rights in hospital. We know so many cases of people who partners were denied access to the ICU because. They are just a friend, mm. right? And what's worse is that their homophobic family says he cannot visit mm. and he's in a coma. And like, you know, this is heartbreaking, you know. This yeah. is my partner, right? Um, and, and so we, we need to be very, when, when we see the future, we need to first think about how we arrive there. Uh, is the, when arriving there, the destination, is it that we all agree on every single thing? That's not possible. Right? But how we treat each other can be different. Mm. Right? Instead of shouting matches, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm. It is, you hold this opinion, I hold this opinion, I hear you, I understand where you're coming from, I hold this opinion, you understand where I'm coming from. Mm. But we don't impose it on each other because I hold this, I live it this way. Lah. Like, for example, our, our diet. Right? Mm. If you are vegetarian or you're vegan, that's your right. Mm. 
right? That's that's your set of beliefs. Yeah. But when you start imposing that everybody should be vegan, mm. that's a different thing. That's basically mm. Harish on Tuesdays, like, just FYI. <laughs> 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 you know, you know I, I mean, people have no issues with people being vegan. Yeah. But they have issues when they start protesting in front of the butcher. Yeah. In my defense, I've never forced Terrence to be vegan on Tuesdays. Um, I've just said, okay, can we go to a place with vegetarian food? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and of course, there is value and ethical things to think about when about being vegan. Yeah. Correct, correct. But that's a that, that's a whole different whole other podcast. podcast. Yeah. But I think that we need to we need to find a civil way of disagreeing mm. and understanding that when we hold certain opinions, um, where are the boundaries? Mm. Right. Mm. When I really appreciated uh, the, the TI folks were saying that we're not trying to impose this on anybody. Mm. Um, that's that's their story. But what I, I, I have issue is that their stories can get weaponized by others, mm. right? Other Christians who use it, especially you know, maybe for give you a case, like a mother watching the the podcast and go like, oh, you know, this person can change and be holy. You know, you also need to be like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like what Sean was saying, right? Watching the TV show on 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 channel, channel eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. And then his mother, you know, suddenly come out and, and say something to him that is actually very painful to hear. Mm. That you're the person that's very that gave birth to you, the person whom you love, right? The person who probably loves you the most, um, say something that rejects a part of you. Mm. I don't know how I don't know how to express it, you know, um, to people who may not understand, but if you put yourself in our shoes as gay men or LGBT folks, right, then you will understand that. The person, the people that you love most in your life, um, there are times that they say things that reject part of you, mm. and that hurts. And that hurt is not just a ouch, you know. Yeah. That hurts in the core of your being. Mm. And this is the a lot of this creates the self hate, mm. and also the mental health issues that a lot of LGBTQ people face. Mm. And people need to recognize that we are not trying to be sensitive. Yeah. Right, a lot of times people say, "Wow, you're so sensitive." Uh, you know, just say, just joke, joke only. Why, why you take so serious? But it hurts. Yeah, it hurts when I will just relate another story. Uh, one of my very good friends, and one of the my very good friends, when I came out to, I think the second person I came out to um, when I was in my early twenties. Um, one day we were having dinner um, as a bunch of friends. These are my old friends, uh, mm. um, from primary school, and their wives and their kids and everything. And he told his son. Uh, something like, oh, next time don't become like Uncle Miak. Mm. But you, you know that he meant it as sexuality and yes, not yes, as a yes, job yes, or yes. anything. Like. Yeah. Because we do get that, but there's more to do with yeah. like, don't, don't do YouTube, being YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt, but um, what I was more concerned was this. I messaged him when I, you know, when I have time to cool down and think about it. You know, it's not, you know, you're saying this is okay lah. You said it, law. What do I expect? But mm. I said, I'm more concerned about your son. Number one, yeah. number one, I started off with, your son is, I think your son is straight. My gaydar doesn't ping. Mm. <laughs> but he's only, at that point in time, only eight years old. Mm. Yeah. But what you say can be very damaging if he happens to be gay. Mm. What mm. you have said is, mm. don't become gay like Uncle Mia. And if he's gay, you have, you, you have tell, told him that you will not accept that part of him. Mm-hmm. And you will not love him who he is. So your friend said it in front of you? In front of me, yeah. In, Over in dinner, yeah. In a group. And and we are good friends and, you know, I've been up to him like for, I don't know, 
I was at his wedding. I don't know, you know. Mm, mm, mm. But like, he wasn't kidding or anything to his his child. He was serious. He was serious. I think that a lot of times as parents, you fear that your child might turn out gay or lesbian or LGBT because it's a hard life. Mm. Number one, you're worried about them. Number two, sometimes you're worried that maybe you've done something wrong. So you try to tell your son, hey, don't be gay because you're trying to educate, right? Because you have this impression that you can be taught or the environment mm. can shape. I don't think the environment shapes us. Right? Um, and and we, we know it in our core of being. By saying that, and, and there are also other complications to it. Because in some ways, when you're saying that is, you know, I will, you are telling your child that your love is conditional. You must behave in a certain way that I'll love you. And that creates a kind of psychology or a kind of mentality in the child. You know, I must always live up to dad's expectations. Otherwise, dad will not love me. Mm. But I think that I want to advocate for loving your children, loving your family, loving people as they are. Mm. Right? That's love. It's not conditional. When it's conditional, then love becomes, becomes a transaction. Mm. And I think that, you know, that's the love that I understand that's from God. That's not transactional. Mm. Too often, Christianity has made it be made into, oh, uh, you know, God, I come and worship you, then you can bless me. That's transaction. Mm. We are first loved. Grace is that we are loved, period. Mm. You know, it's not a transaction. It's not, I give you something, you give me something back. Mm. It's not, a, you know, that's, the, that's a misconception that we need to move away from. Yeah. And that kind of love needs to be replicated in our life when we are not transactional. Mm. when we are, we are able to give without expectations. And that's love. Yep. And when we finally create that kind of space, uh, that kind of safe space, you know, more and more, expanding more of that, then we can reach the point where we can say that we can coexist. Mm. And the coexistence is, you know, I don't think LGBTQ people are, are, are banging on doors and asking churches to be shut down. Mm. No. We're asking for our own space and the space to coexist. Yep. And the churches get get this like siege mentality or victimization. Like we are poor victims now. Cannot say anything bad about gay people. Like, uh, huh? <laughs> right? Uh, because because the the law is there, mm. right? Uh, uh, Minister Shamagun did say uh, I think this year or last year that yep. the the Religious Harmony Act applies to LGBTQ. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I, I I don't like laws like this because it restricts conversation. Mm. You know, we need to have conversation. Mm. Law banning this just push everything underground. People just yeah. say in their secret chat groups, huh? your WhatsApp group, your, your Telegram, and your Facebook groups within your own echo chamber, you say mm. all, the, all the things that you're not allowed to say. Yeah. But it is only when it's aired out that it can be contested. It can be com we can have a conversation about it. Mm. We can say that, hey, that's not right. Yeah. Mm. We, can, we, can, we can expand mm. our, uh, the dialogue in some ways. Yeah. Um, but when you suppress it, um, it just gets hidden. Mm. It's like we are unable to talk about race and religion because we've been banned from talking for, about it for so long. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. We want to be able to talk about race and religion in a healthy mm. way. Yeah. Not, con not, not in a like, I'm right, you're wrong way, right? Because mm. that will end up in a debate, but in a dialogue way, you know. Yeah. You know what, what, what do you believe in? What, what, are the, what are your aspirations? What does your faith lead you to be? What kind of life does your faith direct you to live? Mm. Right? How does this look like to you? Mm. I think these are the conversations we need to have. Yeah. And then, why do you believe this thing? You know, just trying to understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When you say this, what do you mean? And this, all these concepts need to be to be thought through so that we can have a better understanding of each other. So we don't get 
we don't misunderstand. And a lot of the things is because we misunderstand each other. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I think that when we learn about other people, we learn more about ourselves as well. Mm. That's, my, that's my journey in yeah. interfaith work. Mm. When I hear other people sharing about their faith, I know I see where the similarities are, but I also see where the divergences. Yeah. And I learn more about my own faith. Mm. It's just like a lot of times when we go study overseas, right? We learn mm. more about Singapore, you know? Correct, exactly, correct. Yeah. Now you, because other people ask you, oh, how, how big yeah. is Singapore? Yeah. Then you go, shit. Then you go <laughs> Google, you know, like you have to Google certain yeah. information, right? Yeah. And I think that that's the expansion that we need. Mm. We cannot lock be in our silos and in our narrow mindsets and, and continue engaging because we'll never get there to that, that, that world where we can coexist together and mm. in real harmony. Mm. Not fake harmony, not harmony that's enforced by law, yeah. mm. but harmony because we recognize, respect, and love each other. Wow. And that's a great, that's, great reason why we're so glad that we yeah. have you here to talk. Uh, I mean, we, we're almost at two hours now, so yeah. This I is think, one of yeah, our longest. Like longer, longer, OMG! But, no, but, but it has been super helpful yeah. because I think a lot of the things that were being spoken about in our Reddit was, was exactly what we asked you about. Like, mm. you know, the yeah. whole. Like is like the the Bible versus science and all that, and I think there was a lot of enlightenment. So thank you so much for all that. Yeah. Um. I think we said we what? said we'll do a one shook thing one shook segment thing. to end this. You know, yeah. Because one I think thing. it's always nice to end on a one shook thing. No. And, and I mean, yeah, it, it, we definitely if there's if there's time chance for us to chat again in future on sure. another yeah. episode, definitely. Sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. But yeah, one shook thing. Uh. There I think our guest can, oh, okay. can go first. You, you're familiar with the one shook thing format, like. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard it on your on the podcast that you have. The one shook thing was the drop of the Batman trailer. Mm. Oh, mm. I was really Pattinson. like, whoa! This, okay, better than Justice League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You mean the Snyder cut of the Justice League? No, no. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm waiting new, for the oh, Snyder, Snyder oh, the Robert cut. Robert Pattinson okay, okay. one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, Batman, the new Batman. The new Batman. There's Robert a new Pattinson, Batman. Yeah, yeah. The Twilight guy. The trailer, and I went like. Whoa, no, this eye, looks good. And the eyeshadow. It shows that they're really trying to address some of the things that the things, people have been talking the, about. The issues that we have, right? That, yeah. uh-huh, Batman like that one. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, I, I think that it was, it, it, it's going back to, you know, I began a comic mm. book fan. Uh, mm. It's going back to the, the, the hardcore Batman and mm. the, the, the edgy and the stuff. I hope that they, the Riddler in the story is as, um, uh, as detective comics, yeah, detective, because, yeah, because yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like oh, it's just people bashing yeah. each other and like yeah. not interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the uh, I like the previous series, Batman Returns, yeah, Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah, because there are twists yeah. that you go like yeah. Yeah, mind yeah. blown, yeah, right? Was, uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I hope this one will be following that track. So yeah, Robert yeah. Pattinson lived up to to expectation. No, in the trailer, well, like, well, at least in the trailer, yeah. right? Yeah. You yeah. might be disappointed. Like you go and you are like, huh? Like like Star Wars? Okay, anyway. Yeah. Not gonna go there. I think okay, I will cool. punch someone if he takes off the bat mask and he's sparkling with diamonds like yeah. he was in Twilight. <laughs> I will punch somebody. Yeah. Okay, and your one shook thing, Terrence? Uh yeah, I just came across it uh, this morning actually. Uh there's a Gentle Bones, uh, who is you know one of English Singapore English pop's most famous uh mm. I mean one of our national treasures, like I would yeah, say. I agree. He, yeah, a week ago he released his first Mandarin song. What? Okay, a, I agree to look. Yeah, it's a duet with Take Away. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a, she's a songstress who's been around. So, uh, I mean, I I think it's I I always think that he's he's had this you know this X factor that he could be a big star. Uh, it's just that he he wanted to do English pop first, but now oh. he's actually come out right written Chinese songs, and I feel it could be a moment because like, the song's actually like pretty is a is a real earworm, and and um, I I just I mean I've heard that you know 
uh, he's really an artist and everything. So for him to embrace, like, okay, let's let's go out there and put myself out there in the world, I think it's a big, brave step for 26-year-old, oh, cool. Mr. 26-year-old. What's his name? Uh? I can't remember, uh, but James Tan or something. No lah. <laughs> I know, I know it has, it's nothing glamorous. Like, it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. But gentle bones. Gentle Otherwise, bones, in Chinese, yeah. in Mandarin, known as Wen Rou de Gu Tou. But uh, yeah, his Chinese song is uh, Oh shit, I can't remember the name of the song already. My Chinese uh, is very bad. Anyway, I'm more of those Jiakantang ones. So I'm also Jiakantang. Uh, so to see him, you know, mm. like venture out like that, I, I feel quite inspired. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. When I first heard Gentle Bones, I, I didn't know that he was Singaporean. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the quality yeah. and yeah. the create, the, the, it, it was it's it's that international yeah. standard level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I went, huh, Singaporean, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I think he played a ping dot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think he played. He, played he hasn't played at uh, NDP yet, so he's not legit yet. Yeah. No wait, sorry. His, his song is <laughs> Ni Hai Putsutau. Ni Hai Putsutau. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just go to check it out. Put Sutau is it like don't know lah. Yeah, you, you still don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. By Winrow the Kuto. Interesting. Wow, interesting that yours is music because mine is also music, but mine is a throwback. I just came across like the live performances of. In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins for Genesis. Mm. Like, it's damn old school, you know? I, yeah, so... I don't know the gorilla, the drum no, no, thing. No, no, so uh, that was an ad, but yesterday, I think, first, it started off with me seeing ACDC live performances, snippets, and I was just, at a time when I wanted to veg out, then when I clicked, I saw this thing, I know the song, but the way Phil Collins performed the song In the Air Tonight, right, was fucking amazing, and like, just, I don't know, looking at those kind of concerts where you see people just like... It, it's almost nostalgic, man, because when are we mm. ever going to experience those sort of concerts again? Uh? So you watch those videos, especially the live performances, not the music video. There's an awesome advert with a mechanical gorilla playing the drums that was made after that song became popular. But holy shit, man. Um, yeah, if you just Google, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's just a very iconic song. Um, and it's so it's very different. It's not follow, following a formula. For the first three minutes, it's just him with some guitar thing, uh, guitar thing in the background singing. Like very almost like a TED talk almost. Uh, then at the three and a half minutes, he goes on the drums and it's epic, la. Have you have you heard of the song before? Yes, I heard the song, but yeah, not that not that uh, man, rendition. Yeah. I think that I don't know. I don't know whether the studio version was different from the live version, but the live version, yeah, it's just him with a mic. It looks really like all the comments are like this is the best TED talk I've ever heard <laughs> because he's just standing there talking to like thousands of people. I mean, he's singing, but it's just his voice with minimal guitar backup. Then three minutes onwards, it goes zero to 100. Mm. It's awesome. I think that's where you see the artistry of some yeah. of the singers. Yeah, Those yeah. who can really do live. Yeah, and yeah. the live version sounds different from the studio. Yeah, yeah And yeah. a different interpretation, different approach, different... And that's where you see their artistry. Yeah. And, and yeah. it just feels like not like... Uh, I mean, unfortunately now, a lot of pop feels like very cookie cutter. Oh. But that was like, holy shit, that was cool. Yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for awesome, coming, yeah. man. I think, yeah. yeah, this is one of our longest podcasts, which yeah. is great. No, I think our first ever podcast with Fucker Files was three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but yeah. even that this was like the trilogy, I think also it's good that we... we it's like the Twilight trilogy. Yeah. questions. The first trilogy, maybe there'll be first another trilogy. one to come. But yeah, thank you so much. Um, We will post the show notes. We will post it on Reddit. And yeah, if you want to comment on any questions that come up in Reddit, feel free. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Thank yeah, you. thank you so Just much. Just that I would, I would do a, uh, 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 put up a disclose, a disclaimer first. I may not be that fast in responding. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you know, because we, some people, will, there are people who demand, yeah, um, us to respond. Right, yeah. there's one guy who came up to our Facebook page and says, uh, "Do you support same-sex acts?" Yeah. Then we're like. You know, aren't we clear enough that we are affirming? Uh, mm, do you, mm. and and then you know deeper? I went like, 
why are you so hard up and keep asking about sex? Uh? Mm. You know, you don't do that to other churches. You don't run in the church and go, do you support premarital sex? And then you don't ask a couple who haven't get married yet, yeah. are you engaging in premarital sex? Yeah. It's, do people even have uh, have the consciousness of their behavior and actions? You know, just because you're on, on Facebook or in social mm. media or on, the, because we're hiding behind the screen, we think that we can do anything. Yeah, yeah. And especially when people hide in those uh, those accounts where they don't have a face, it's not mm. their account or it's a throwaway account or whatever account. Yeah. They don't have their private inf information there. Then they can speak with impunity or mm. they can do things that they so, will normally do. So that's where I'm very proud of our subreddit. The conversations are very, very civil, very thoughtful. Mm. And we are not the quickest. Okay, Terence is quite quick to respond. I'm not the quickest, so don't worry. No one okay. will chastise you for it. Yeah. 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 But if if you do think that there's a like a, a, a comment that you want me to take a look at and then and I have not looked at it or I've not I've not responded to it for a while already, you can just text me and say, hey, um, yeah, you know, take a look at this, you know, okay. you might want to respond to that. Okay, cool. uh, that'll be I'll, I'll appreciate that because uh, there are thousand and one things pulling me in different directions and. Um, and sometimes I don't pay attention. You no, know, like it slips my mind. Yeah. Mm. Like sometimes you have a you type a email and then you left it a draft and mm, you yep, thought you yep. send it out. Then days later, that person's come back to you. And, hey, I haven't heard back from you. Then you go, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I left it a draft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know that you did it just that you haven't yeah. hit send. Yeah. Okay. yeah. These things okay. always happen cool. for me. We will let yeah. you know. Sure. Cool. cool. Okay. Thank you so much. And to those of you who have listened thus far, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to y'all soon. Bye.